Welcome back to Stuff and Uncommon Sense, where we look at some things that I've found useful for being a human in the 21st century. It's a laid-back place for ideas and chat, and some techniques that have been drawn from 20 years of learning and delivering NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and other good things to understand how people tick. I'm Alan Johnson, that NLP bloke. I'm a trainer and therapist with Change Working. Be comfortable, enjoy this down-to-earth, irreverent and no-nonsense practical approach to understanding NLP and more. Episode 2 Thoughts Aren't Things or How to Give Up on That Overthinking and Just Be Thoughts aren't things. It's just like the chat you've got going on in your head. You don't have to pay attention to it. Do you listen to what everybody tells you all the time? Yet we might have this voice chattering away in our head all of the time. It's often not very helpful. Sometimes our mind isn't helping us to grow. If you look at the last podcast, we talk about, we talk about the fact your unconscious wants you to survive, not necessarily to thrive. So it tends to keep us stuck in our shell, in our familiar things. It's like the unconscious tells us the story of who it thinks we are. Based on the past history, based on everything that's happened to you, you'll retell yourself the story about your limitations. And the unconscious likes this because it likes to keep you in its shell because it thinks that's what keeps you safe. It likes to sometimes create problems. Then it gives it something to do. It can fix the problem. So... If you ever find yourself overthinking, overthinking is the curse of the 21st century Western world being. We think about what could go wrong usually, or we think about what we've got to do next. It takes us off into the past or into the future. So if you ever find yourself overthinking and saying those two words, what if? What if I don't make enough money? What if they find out I'm a fraud or an imposter? What if I don't deserve success? What if I lose that contract? What if people don't like me? What if I can't do it? What if they don't want my idea? What if I throw up in the meeting? Those thoughts just aren't helpful. One thing's for sure, it means you've got a good imagination. Because all we're doing is imagining what could go wrong. People who haven't got a very good imagination tend not to worry. So at least you've got a good imagination. But we've got the brain, part of it's creative and part of it's logical. And it's that logical, very modern part of the brain that humans have. It's a strength, but it's also a curse. It's a strength for learning, understanding things, remembering things, making lists. But actually the unconscious is much more creative and feeling orientated or kinesthetic, as we'd call it in NLP terms. And we're the only animal that has access to this. Animals don't think about the past and they can't imagine the future. And a lot of animals, unless there's a real threat in the room right now or in the world right now, are in the moment. What we do as humans is we think about things that have happened and then imagine them happening again a lot of the time. Of course, having this access to the past and the future can be used for the good. We can remember all the good things that have happened and we can imagine all the good things that might happen. But how many of us actually do that? Because our unconscious is focused on keeping us safe, making us survive rather than thrive, it tends to pick up on all the things that went bad in the past, 
and all the things that might go wrong in the future. And then it creates imagination in movies of things that have gone wrong or might go wrong. And whether you're really experiencing something or imagining it vividly, your unconscious will respond like it's actually happening. I always say about being more dog, but have you ever seen a dog asleep and barking and legs running like they're chasing rabbits in their sleep? Whatever you're imagining, if you imagine it vividly enough, your unconscious thinks it's actually happening. Or if you're watching a movie or listening to the news, your unconscious thinks it's actually happening and you've got to do something about it. So being careful about what you expose your system to. Thinking about things that are good from the past when it went well. Or thinking about how well it's going to go in the future is much more helpful than just imagining all those things in technical that could go wrong. What happens is our creative brain will solve problems that our logical brain talks about. So if our logical brain go, goes, worry about this, worry about this, worry about this, our conscious or unconscious brain wants us to find a solution to it. So it's just a waste of time. What if this happens? Well, I don't know, but here's lots and lots of thought and time wasted on those things that might never happen. It can happen wherever the information's coming in from, whether it's what you're thinking or whether you're watching the news. If you're watching the news and there's some disaster in the Far East or in a, another area of the world, your unconscious takes it as important to you and that it has to solve it. And it goes off worrying about things and wondering what's going to happen. It means, oh, there's a tragedy happening in this part of the world. I've got to do something about it. I've got to do something about it. And of course, we can't do anything about it. But that's just the same as anything else that's happening around us. Our creative brain gets stuck into solving those problems. But our heart knows what's right for us right now. We often ignore it in favour of being in the past, in the limitation of our story, or in a future that hasn't happened yet and probably won't happen. Here's a little test for you. If you could have your, your heart's desire, whatever that might be, no limitations, no reason why you couldn't have it, what would your heart's desire be? Just have a think now. What would you love to do or be or have around you? Where would you like to be? Dream big. Once you've found that thing that's your heart's desire, notice what comes in next. Thoughts about why you can't do it. Your conscious brain, your logical brain will find all the reasons why you can't do this. Oh, you can't do that. You're not clever enough. You're not, you can't do that. You're too old. You can't do that. You're not fit enough. You can't do that. It's not realistic. And it'll find all the reasons not to do it. It gets us to replay old movies about when it went bad in the past. And we spend so much time worrying about it and believing our old story. We'll go back into our shell and forget about our heart's desire. If you've ever stopped yourself doing something you really knew was right for you, this is what's happened. You've had the idea, you've had the calling from your heart, you've had the passion to do something. And then your logical brain said, oh, you can't do that. And we've gone back to our old way of being. But if you engage in the reason for doing something, engage in the why, not the how. When we think about the why we're doing something, What's the value, the passion, the reason we're doing something? If we stick with that, our unconscious will then help us find that. If we think about the how am I going to do this? How am I going to get enough business? How am I going to make this work? How, how, how? That's very technical and detailed. And you're writing the plan before you know what you need. If you engage in the why, things are much more likely to happen organically. 
You're going to have the resources to do it and make it happen. And the how just happens. The how is about solving problems, coming from the fear-driven, logical mind, the part of your brain that's so realistic and logical and technical and academic. But our why is coming from our heart. It's the whole reason for being. If we can engage in the why, the how just becomes clear. Does that sound easy? Well, it's not. Not at first, anyway. Because change can feel scary in itself. Very often, the thing we're most scared of is change because it takes us out of our comfort zone to what's unfamiliar. Listen to episode one about how we feel unfamiliar with things. It'll scare you to death with stories of the past. Remember when you tried this thing and it didn't work very well? Don't do it again, you might get hurt. So it does everything it can to keep you stuck in your shell. And there's something about this that makes perfect sense. In a way, the death of that old story of who you thought you were, who you think you are up to now, means death of part of you, death of the old part of you, and that's too painful to bear. When we think about grief and loss, it doesn't feel very good. So to give up even bad habits or bad things that we used to do, our unconscious isn't very happy with that because it's like a grief process we're going to have to go through. So because we're not able to do that, it often distracts us with other things like cravings or addictions or behaviours that might sabotage our good stuff or even physical pain. But just stick with it because eventually we can change this. Here's a little hint and tip of what to do if you do find yourself doing lots of I'm scared of things, what if, what if. What if you could accept things as they were rather than craving how you'd like them to be? Because then they could change. Being able to say what you fear or what limits you and then add into it, and I love that, will change the hold it has on you. Because things that we can't accept or things that we're in denial about will persist. They'll never be able to change. Same with other people. If you want someone else to change, first of all, you have to change first. But accepting their position as it stands, accepting their problems as they see them, accepting them as they are, will allow them then to change. Because it's like you've validated it. Same with to yourself. If you validate it first, accept it, instead of denying it by saying, oh, we don't have any problems with that. No, no, that doesn't bother me. I'm not worried about that. If we kid ourselves and deny the things that we don't really like or have a problem with, then we can't ever change them. But if we think about the what if statements, because the thing is, instead of worrying about what if, work with what is. So for instance, I'm worried I don't make enough money and I love that. I'm worried that they find out I'm a fraud or an imposter and I love that. I'm worried I don't deserve this success and I love that because it means that I'm able to grow and change. I'm worried I throw up in the meeting and I love that. It means we're giving ourselves validation. We're talking about the fact that we know what we're worried about and we know what isn't working for us and we love the fact that that'll give us an opportunity to grow and change. Now it takes a bit of practice because that what if pattern, that anxiety pattern we've been running possibly all of our lives, it really quickly kicks in. And we'll say, what if this? Well, that'll mean that, then that'll mean that, and that'll mean that. And we end up with these towers of shit again. A really good example of this is a client I worked with many years ago who came to see me and he said, 
Uh, he was really anxious. He was really worried. Um, he was a very much an overthinker. And I said, what's the problem? And eventually he said, well, I'm worried that when we get divorced, my kids are going to hate me and I'll never see them. And I said, oh, right. I said, uh, have you got children already? No, no, I haven't got any children. I said, oh, you're married or with a partner. No, no, I haven't got a partner. And I'm thinking, so this guy hasn't got a partner. He hasn't got children. And his biggest worry is if I get married, if I get divorced and if the kids hate me and don't want to see me, that would be awful. And this is a really strong example of those towers of shit that we create. If this, then that, then that, then that. And we end up sabotaging our happiness. Because how would that affect this guy's ability to get a relationship? How would that affect what he's thinking about and worrying about when he's with his partner? How would that affect his relationship with his future potential children? So we can worry about things that don't even exist yet. Because it's really easy to spiral off into a, a tower of imagination, vividly imagining all the things that could go wrong. But of course, we can vividly imagine all the things that could go right. And guess what? That would probably feel a lot, lot better too. Whenever we're worrying about something, the thoughts that run through our head are just words. They're just words that have been put there by ourselves from previous thoughts and conversations by things other people have told us across our lives, by something we've read or seen on the television. What if this and what if that and that overthinking? It's just like a commentary that's running. But to our unconscious, it feels like it's something we have to pay attention to. One phrase I like quite a lot is, you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. And when we're doing this on the inside and thinking about things and overthinking, it stops us concentrating, it stops us sleeping, it makes us hyper aware, it makes us put loads of energy into things that we don't need to. But words in our head, thoughts, aren't things. It's not sensory information. We're human beings, we're animals. We take the world in through our senses. So if we ever find ourselves overthinking, because other animals don't think. They don't think about the past or the future. They just exist in the now. Be more dog, like we talked about in the last episode. Be more in the moment. And the way to do this is if you find yourself overthinking, is to come back to your senses. So come back to your senses and notice, right, stop. What can I actually see, hear and feel right now in this very moment where I am right now? And what am I making that information I'm seeing, hearing and feeling mean? And could it mean something else? Does it have to mean that bad negative thing I'm making it into? So whenever you find yourself overthinking, come back to your senses. What can I actually see, hear and feel right now? What am I making it mean? And what else could it mean? And you can't eliminate risk. You can only reduce it. Nobody can tell you that nothing bad's ever going to happen. But what happens is, if you're in the moment, when it happens, you'll deal with it. You're here, aren't you? You've survived every minute, every hour, every day of every year you've lived. And whatever life's thrown at you, you've coped with it. So a simple answer to what do I do? What if? What if? Well, then you'll cope with it. You'll have to, because nobody else is there to help you. You'll cope with it. Thoughts in our head, it's just like the ticker tape that runs at the bottom of a news channel. You don't have to read it all, and if you do read it, you don't have to do anything about it. 
noticing the thoughts as they come along. I'm thinking about, I notice that I'm thinking about that and that's okay. Or I'm worried about that and I love that. It's all about acceptance of these words that fly through our head. We don't need them. We don't need to think about anything. Some of us are good at clearing our minds and not thinking about much. And some of us are thinking all the time. In future podcasts, we're going to talk about that. It's something to do with the way that we do time, which we'll cover in a future podcast. In the next episode, I'll show you how to quieten your mind completely. How to stop those thoughts existing in your head when you're overthinking or when you're wanting to get to sleep and it stops you from doing that. So in the next podcast, we'll talk about that, a real technique for doing that. So we all have thoughts, but we don't have to pay attention to all of them. It's just like a commentary that runs inside of us, pointing our unconscious to solve problems that don't actually exist. Instead of dealing with the what if, we need to deal with the what is. What's around me? What am I actually seeing, hearing and feeling? Is there genuinely any threat currently in this second that I'm living in? Probably not. So the more we get back into the moment, and these things that I'm showing you, if you give them a go, be kind to yourself. Because it can take a little while to get used to this new way of being. After all, how many years have you been on the planet? How many years have you been doing things the other way? If you genuinely want to slow your thoughts down, have a clearer head sometimes, be kinder to yourself and actually be more with what is existing. Those thoughts that we have are not very helpful. They're very good for learning things. They're very good for remembering things, etc., etc., but not that good for driving the human being that you are. So thoughts aren't things. Thank you for listening again. Really important on the podcast, if you like or favourite it, please share it. Let other people hear this stuff. Let's get it shared wide across everywhere. Uh, In the next episode, we're going to look at how we can sleep better, how we can turn off that thought process once more and just be more relaxed and allow ourselves to sleep really well. So I've been Alan Johnson, that NLP bloke. Thanks for listening and watch for more podcasts coming soon.